Good morning. How are y'all? Good. Pastor Daryl's going to grab this table for me here in a second. Um, you love Valentine's Day? Yeah? I hate it. I mean, what a worthless, useless day, right? Good morning. Glad you're here. <laughs> no, it's not a useless day. It's a good day. Um, and uh, do, are, do you have any plans for Valentine's Day? You don't have to share with everybody. You can just keep the uh, self-hate and loathing to yourself. I'm joking. Does anybody actually have plans for Valentine's Day? Yes. yes? Karate? You going to karate? That's where I'm going. Woo! Anybody? No? Okay. At least I think that's where I'm going. I haven't, Rachel and I haven't really talked about it. We've reached that point in our... Oh, it's wet. Awesome. All right. That's interesting. No, that's okay. That's all right. I've got other Bibles. Um, so, um, who do you love? I want you to all think in your head, who do you love? Oh, thanks. Thanks. This is someone I love. Who do you, who do you love? You're going to need to intercept pastor because he's probably back there doing all sorts of stuff. This is exactly how I planned the sermon to start, though. This is fantastic. This is great. Hey, I'm going to be talking about you, so that'll work a little bit. So there you go. Um, I do want to talk about love. Uh, Pastor Daryl reached out to me this week and, and asked if I wanted to preach. Um, you know, uh, who wants to talk about love? Throws me that grenade, and so I get to talk about love. Uh, we talk about love a lot in this church in, in very different ways. We've talked about the four loves. Pastor Daryl has... Um, leaned on the work of C.S. Lewis and looked at the four Greek terms for love, and we've looked at Scripture and how that may apply to us. Uh, we've done that. We've done a lot of that. I'm not going to really do that today, um, but I want to ask you, I guess, three questions, and I want to look at those answers. First, the question you don't need to answer out loud, but you can just answer um, to yourself. The first question is, do you love God? Uh, you answered out loud. All right. That's good. That's good. Um, do you love like Christ? And then finally, what Valentine do you want this year? Um, we could ask that a different way, uh, the reward of loving, but we'll get to that. So the first question is, do you love God? The second question is, do you love like God? Specifically, do you love like Christ loved? And then what Valentine do you want? So um, let's think about something. Let's start it this way. Uh, turn to somebody around you and tell them something that you love or someone that you love. Turn to somebody and share that with them. All right. Who mentioned a thing that they love? Raise your hand. You, I'm not going to make you share, but you mentioned a thing that you love. One, two, three, four. You can do more. You can do more. Yeah, you're still raising your hand. If you did both, that's great. They listed a lot of things over there. A lot of love over there. All right. Uh, who mentioned a person? Okay. All right. Is anybody willing to share something or someone that they mentioned? Chickens. All right. Chickens. All right. So you love chickens. All right. All right. Show me your receipts. Yeah. All right. All right. There we go. There we go. So um, somebody else, something that you love. Show me your receipts. <laughs> As she gives her a hug. That's great. Y'all have heard this expression, right? Yeah. Show your receipts. I heard that the other day and I guess it's been told a lot, but somebody like actually said it kind of to me and I was like, 
Okay. All right. You're kind of asking to, for the proof, right? Meaning that it costs, because we normally get a receipt when we spend something, don't we? Right? I had to take something back to Home Depot, and as we got something, we're on what I would call an extended remodeling plan at our home. <laughs> so we're going to do one room every two years. So by the time it's time, we're time to retire, we're going to sell our home, and it'll, it'll only be 20 years behind whatever the current trends are at the time. But it's a lot of fun. It's a whole lot of fun for me. But uh, I was trying to take something back to Home Depot that I didn't need, and uh, I had to get a picture of the receipt because Rachel had the receipt, so she sent me a picture, and I'm showing the guy, and he's like, man, I can't find it in the system. And it was, I, I knew that it was from seven months ago, but I was hoping that little small detail wouldn't matter. Uh, and so he's like, man, I can't find it in the system, and he's getting as a manager and all this stuff, and they're looking at the receipt and the tracking number, and then his manager kind of looks at the computer and says, like points to the computer and says, that's why. And he goes, oh, sir, we can only take something that's been within 90 days of purchase. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I mean, all right, I guess, I guess. I'm not shopping here again. I mean, I didn't say that, but so I just took that saw home and now we have a superfluous saw, but I'll figure out a, something to do with it. Um, maybe my kids and I will have some fun with it one day. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. But that's what a receipt is. It's a proof of purchase, right? It's a proof that there was a cost. And I, wanna, I, have, a, I have a simple theory that I want to get out there, as, and then we're going to jump into these questions. But love cost. So when she says that she loves chickens, I'm just wondering, does anybody think that Sarah and Elijah have had to spend money, time, energy toward those chickens? Yes, we know that to be true. At great cost, all right? Um, you love your mother. Uh, we had one of our members say, there's a cost there, right? Um, I had a sad, a, a sad thought the other day um, that my kids don't love me as much as I love them. At least now, at least now. And you know how I know that? Cost. It costs my kids very little to love me. Very little. They have to deal with tickling. They've got to deal with interesting noises and smells occasionally. But my cost for loving them is high. Any parents in the room can identify with that? Yeah. And so I think there's some sort of a correlation there. When we talk about love, and I'm not just meaning money, but it costs. If you really love something, I bet there's a receipt somewhere in your life. There's evidence to that. Yes. Do you agree with that? All right. So my question to you, our first question is, do you love God? Show me the receipts. Show me the receipts. Do you love God? Well, Pastor Darrell's been going through the Gospel of John, and so uh, he asked me, and I don't really, I, I don't like the idea of us hitting pause. So just a few, like a few weeks ago when I looked at John the Baptist, I want to stay in the Gospel of John, but I'm going to look at love in the Gospel of John. Now, if you just do a simple uh, search for the word love, even if you don't look at the different Greek terms, if you just look for love in the Gospel of John, there's lots of passages on love. I'm not gonna do an exhaustive study on the concept of love in John, but I am going to look at a few passages. And you'll probably see some of them up there. Uh, Erica told me two weeks ago, I was going a little fast. My apologies, Erica. Hopefully I'll go slower today. Uh, the rest of the congregation was very happy with that speed, uh, but we'll see. <laughs> We'll see if, you, if we can find a happy medium. But I do want to ask the first question, do you love God? And if so, uh, show me the receipts. Show me the cost. If there is no cost, my basic contention is there's no love. If there's no cost, there's no love. Period. End of story. 
okay? So what is the cost or, or what is the receipt that I would see in your life? Well, let's first turn um, to John 13, 34 and 35. John 13, 34 and 35. I've got it. The NIV up here. It may be an ESV up there, but I'm going to read it. But actually, you know, before I do, I think maybe it just hit me that, that maybe I need to give another illustration um, to help us out here. My wife was just up here and we did not plan this, but Daryl, uh, for those who couldn't see at home, Daryl had to clean off this table. I don't know why. I don't know what happened on this table, uh, but he cleaned it off so that I could put my Bible there. Um, I don't know if you saw, but that was an expression of love from our pastor. He's the pastor of our church. He's the senior pastor of our church, but yet he thought it was important enough for the word of God, for myself to make sure that this was clean for me. He carried it up here. He didn't ask anybody else to do that. That's a cost that shows love and dedication from our pastor. But not to be outdone, um, it was wet. My wife came up here and she cleaned it off. Do y'all know what she used to clean this off? Your sweatshirt? No, it sounds like we have two examples of costs that show love to me is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I, yeah. But that, that was, it wasn't a paper towel or whatever, but it was a piece of clothing. I mean, that's, that's, that's just sort of an indication of cost, of love. And I can, I can say this in people in my life, throughout my life. My mother raised us uh, for many of the years as a single mother, babysat at one time 21 kids at our house during the day to make ends meet, her and another lady. Very illegal, but they did a good job. And... <laughs> And she did whatever she had to do to make ends meet and to provide for her children. She loved her children at great cost. Her love was great and it was evident because the receipts were long. A lot of evidence there. And then my wife, it is very difficult to love me. It is, I promise you that. Um, if you don't know that, that is awesome. Let's keep it that way. But it is, it is difficult to love me. I'm not an easy person to live with, but yet my wife continues to pay that cost in many, many, many ways. We saw a small example of that here that was unscripted, but how cool was that? Um, but if, if someone has loved you in your life, it has cost them dearly. I promise you that. If it's true love, it has cost them. If it's easy, that's probably infatuation. If they're getting some from it, that's an exchange of goods. But true love, there's a cost. And for those of us that love appropriately, it's a cost that we're willing to pay again and again and again. So let's go back to that first question and because it does have to do with cost. Do you love God? And if you answered yes, show me your receipts. All right, so here we go. We're going to John 13, 34 through 35. It says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now that's interesting. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, that is not to say that we shouldn't go out and preach the word, that we shouldn't lead by example, that we shouldn't directly and explicitly talk about Christ. But what is that saying? What is that saying very clearly that by how we treat each other, by how we love each other, it will be evidence that we belong to Jesus, that we follow Jesus. Now, the question is, do you love God? And the receipt for that is, well, what we read, if you love God, then you should do what? You should obey Christ's call to do what? To love others, to love one another as, as Christ loves us. 
So the first answer to the question, do you, do you love God? And if you want to answer in the affirmative, yes. Well, the receipt should be, are you obedient in loving as Christ loves? And that gets us to our second question. Because I think most of us are like, yeah, I love God. Yeah, I love people. Show me your receipts. Yeah, I, 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 I'll obey Christ. I'll love as he loved. So the second question is, which just follows naturally from the first, do you love as Christ loved? Do you love as Christ loves? Answer in your head. You don't have to answer out loud. But if you say yes, show me the receipts. Show me the cost. Let's dive into that. We have a few more passages for this one. So let's look at what Jesus' love was like. Because he said, remember, we just read from John 13 that the command to obey him is to love as he loved. Well, what, what did his love cost him? Let's look at that. It, it cost Jesus at least three things that I'm going to highlight from, from the Gospel of John. Um, it cost him or involved humility. It cost him pain and suffering, and ultimately it cost his life. So when I ask, do you love as Christ love? I'm asking you, does your love cost you humility, pain and suffering, your life? That's a little bit weighty. I thought we were going to talk about Valentine's Day. We well, see Valentine's Day is, is a... Um, it's a pseudo holiday, all right? It's not really a holiday. I mean, it, it started out as one, but really Valentine's Day is this sort of worship at the idol of romance sort of day, really. And if that's what love is for you, that's fine, but I would just ask you, what's the cost? Because if the cost is just, well, it's a night out, it's dinner and flowers, but the reward I hope to get from it, well, that's not love. That's an exchange. What's the real cost? So you know, forgive me, but I'm not going to talk a whole bunch about romance because I want to talk about real love. I want to talk about costly love. And as we just answered the first question, do you love God? And if you said yes, then the receipt is, is that you're obedient to Christ's call to love others as he loved us. And that's how we'll be known. That if you're really a disciple of Jesus, people will know you because of how you love other people. And you'll love other people how? Jesus loved. Well, how did Jesus love? That's our second question. And the answer is he loved, and involved, his love involved humility, pain, and suffering, and ultimately his life. And so my question is, do you and I love like that? So let's look again. Let's go back to the Gospel of John. And let's talk about humility. Daryl spent a lot of time in the prologue, what we call the prologue of John. And so I want to go back to that and look at verses 11 and 14. It says in the first chapter of John, verse 11, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Skipping down to verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. So what do we see there? We see that he humbled himself. Jesus, who is God, became a man. Now, this is, this is a concept that, you know, Daryl and I, maybe we should spend more time uh, talking about this when we talk about, you know, the God that we worship, that he is one God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. That even though 2,000 years ago, Jesus entered the world as a man, that's not when Jesus started. That's not when he began to exist. Jesus has always been. He's eternal. He is God. Always been. That's a good spot to amen if you agree to that because that's the Lord that you and I worship. And that's not a joke. He is God in every sense of the word. 
which means he's eternal, forever, past, forever, future. It's just that now forever, future, he will be the God-man. So that when we come face-to-face with Jesus, we see him as Jesus, the God, and Jesus, the man. But it is incredible that the God that we worship humbled himself, humbled himself, made himself low, came to us and we did not receive him. Can you imagine that? Now I've tried to think of illustrations for this in the past and it just, it's never worked out very good. I first used to say, well, it'd be like one of us becoming an ant. You know, the little bitty ants, do y'all like ants? I love ants, not fire ants. They deserve to be tortured, burned, put out of existence. But I mean, ants are cool. Ants are so cool. But can you imagine becoming an ant? What do you think the difference is between a human and an ant? Is it a great difference or a little difference? It's a great difference, okay, people? It's a huge, huge difference. And so I'm thinking, man, for for Jesus to come as a man, to humble himself, to make himself that low, it's like us becoming an ant. Not good enough. So I was like, okay, ants can kind of be cool. I I need to think better. So then I was like, it'd be like if one of us became a flea. No love for fleas. None. I got no love for them. They're terrible, right? Yeah. yeah, you ever had fleas? You don't have to admit it out loud, but we've all been there. It's bad. It's terrible. I was like, that's not enough. That's not good enough. So then I was like, okay, what's worse than a flea? Maybe a mosquito, maybe a tick. Yeah, there we go. I got a visceral reaction out of the pastor on that one. Ticks are terrible. I was like, no, we need to do worse. Why are ticks terrible? They suck your blood. Yeah, but what else? They carry disease. Ooh, all right. Bacteria. That's what it's like. It'd be like us becoming (laughs) bacterium. I mean, it'd be like that maybe. That's still not enough. God who is perfect became us. That's crazy humiliation. That is making yourself so low. And we've got a great passage for this. This is the only passage I'll turn to outside of the gospel of John. But uh, let's look at Philippians. Many of you know this uh, passage. Daryl has made reference to this passage many times, and so have I. This comes from uh, Philippians chapter two. It says, in your relationships with one another, ooh, back to one another, how we treat each other, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, verse six, who being in the very nature God, that means was God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, the NIV says. Rather, he made himself, what's the word? Oh, bacteria wasn't low enough. Nothing. That's the difference between God and humanity. Nothing. He made himself, it says, nothing. Being take, uh, by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. First question, do you love God? We say, yes, okay. If you do, then you are to be obedient, obedient to God. God um, incarnate, Christ said, what? You are to obey me and my command is to love as I have loved. So the second question is, do you love as Jesus loved? Well, it costs. The receipts for that are humility to make yourself low. That's tough. But here's the thing. If you think it's hard to humble yourself so that you don't put yourself above others, just remember the, the gulf, the, the gap, the, the space between God and us, a little bit bigger than the space between you and whoever is around you, I promise. If God can humble himself, then by his spirit, we can humble ourselves enough 
to love those around us. Why am I mentioning that? Because a fundamental aspect of love is to make someone else's wants and needs a priority, which naturally means that you, your wants, your desires, they're not as important as others. As parents, this is just part of the game, isn't it? We know that. You give up your time, your sleep, you give up all sorts of stuff, but we do it because we what? We love them. But we're called to love all people that way. So it cost Jesus humility. Well, how else did he love? What else was a cost? Well, it also cost him, as we said, pain and suffering. We're gonna fast forward to the end of the Gospel of John, and we're gonna go to John chapter 19. And I want you to remember as we read this, never forget who we're talking about. We're talking about God who came as a man, the cost of his love. Because remember, the question is, do you love God? You said, yes. All right, then you're gonna obey Jesus. You're gonna love others as he loved us. So the second question is, do you love like Jesus? Yes, show me the receipts. It should be humbling and it will involve pain and suffering. John chapter 19, verses one through six. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. I could spend a lot of time on that word flogged and what that meant um, from the Romans. It was, it was brutal. His back was torn open. The soldiers, verse two, twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again saying, hell, king of the Jews. And they slapped him in the face. Once more, Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathering there, look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. Verse five, when Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, crucify, crucify. Pain and suffering, it's a part of love. And we see that exemplified in no other way than what Christ was willing to go through for us. I mean, that he died, yes, but he's, the pain and suffering, we call that the passion of the Christ. It really is an example. It really is to inform us that love has cost. And I keep going back to the parent and the child analogy because it's so easy and it's so accessible, but I want you to understand that that is the love that we are to have for all people. We are to humble ourselves, meaning we are to make others more important than ourselves. And in doing so, there will be pain and suffering associated with that. That's part of the bargain. It's part of the deal. Do you love God? Then you're called to be obedient and to love others as Christ loved. And he loved through pain and suffering. That's quite a receipt, but that's what we're called to do. But it doesn't stop there. The love of Christ for us also involved his life. And we turn to um, the verse that we've made reference to here multiple times, but it's the most popular verse in the entire scriptures, most likely, and that is John 3.16. John 3.16 says, for God what? So loved. You ever thought about the word so in that sentence? It could have just said, um, God loved the world. As a result, you know, he sent his son. It says, for God so loved, he so loved us that he gave his one and only son. Let's go back to that illustration we keep using again and again with a parent and a child. Talk about the cost. 
We are willing to do anything for our children. Why? Because we love them. Can you ever imagine putting your son or daughter on an altar? Never. Never. For God so loved us that he gave his son, his one and only, his unique son, the only begotten, the God of gods. Why? So that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Man, because we're not gonna perish. That's the Craig's paraphrase of that verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Cost. So do you love God? Oh, yes, yes, I do. All right, what's the receipt? Are you obedient? Because Christ said, a new command I give you to love one another as I have loved you. Okay, yes, I love God. I'm gonna love as Christ did. All right, so the second question that naturally comes is, do you love like Jesus? Are you willing to humble yourself, make yourself low, raise others up, their needs are once above your own? Are you willing to go through pain and suffering to love others? Are you willing to give your life for others? Quite a cost, but that is the cost of love. That is the cost of love. So do you love like Jesus? Now that I've gone over that, you think about that. Do I love like Jesus? Well, let's turn to another passage, John 15. It sort of summarizes this point of how Jesus loves. And this comes from an amazing passage that we find in John, uh, starting in 13 and going all the way through. Uh, This is the night that he's going to be arrested. In John 15, uh, let's look at verses 9 through 14. And this is sort of summarizing our point so far. Do you love God? And if you're saying yes, then the receipt, the cost is that you're willing to love others as Christ loves us. The second question is, do you love like Christ? If so, are you willing to humble yourself, make yourself low? Are you willing to endure pain and suffering for others? Are you willing to give your life? Well, let's summarize that. This is John 15, verses 9 through 14. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. To summarize our points, Christ's joy is made complete. (laughs) I also just need to read it again. His joy has has been made complete in you that your joy may be complete. How my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And then he says, verse 13, there's no greater love than to lay down your life. So you wanna love God? You are to obey the words of Christ. In fact, that's mentioned, I think it's six or seven times in the gospel of John alone. You will either obey my commandments or keep my word. We see it all throughout the gospel of John. 
Jesus is communicating clearly. If you love me, if you're gonna be my disciple and follower, you're gonna do what I say. And so we kind of, if we just stopped right there, we're like, okay, okay, okay. How many commands did he give us? Does somebody have a list? And he always summarizes it this way. You'll do as I command, which is to love as I have loved. It's not a long list. It's to love. Now, that doesn't mean that it's an easy list, but it is a simple as in it's not a complicated list. It is to love as he loved. So do you love God? I hope so. Show me your receipts. Are you willing to obey Christ and love others as he loved? Yes, I am. Okay, well, how did Christ love? Are you willing to humble yourself? He was made low as nothing. Are you willing to go through pain and suffering? Are you willing to give your life? There's no greater example of love than to lay down your life. Now, some of you are like, well, how literally do we take that? That depends on the situation that you find yourself in, folks. It's easy, well, it's easy to say, I should say, that I'd take a bullet for somebody in this room. That's an easy thing to say. And I think that I would. I hope that I would. I really do. I hope if somebody came in here, I believe strongly that Daryl, uh, would lay down his life for everybody in this room. I, I feel like I do too. And, and I hope that you feel that way too. But ladies and gentlemen, compared to a life of dedication to an unlovely world, taking a bullet is the easy way out. Daily sacrificial humbling is painful, but that's what we're called to do. That's the life of Christ. That's what you and I are meant to be, to humble ourselves, to raise others up as we make ourselves low, that it may involve pain and suffering. And that is really the cost of our life. Real uplifting message, isn't it? Well, I want to end. I, remember what I said? I had kind of three questions for you. The first one was, do you love God? If you do, show me the receipt. Are you willing to be obedient to Christ and to love others as he loved? Yes. All right. Then question number two, do you love as Christ loves? Are you willing to humble yourself? Are you willing to endure pain and suffering? Are you willing to lay down your life daily? And the other one was, what Valentine do you want? That was kind of a cheap thing to say just because we're close to Valentine's Day. But I want to talk about the consequence I'm trying to avoid a word because I don't want this to be about this word, but I want to talk about the reward. You see, I have another contention. My first contention was that love is about cost. Um, here's my other contention. All love, even that love that is not of God, which isn't really love because we read in other passages that you know, God is love. So if you, don't really, if you don't really know who God is, if you don't really believe in Jesus, do you really know love? Uh, maybe you do you'll know a concept of it. You know, just like people, uh, they receive God's goodness even when they don't believe in him. You know, they still get the sunshine and they still get the rain on their crops. You know, it's, it rains on the righteous and the unrighteous, the just and the unjust. So yeah, God still extends his grace even to an unbelieving world. But here's what I wanna say. All love has a cost. All love is humbling. All love will bring about pain and suffering. All love will cost you your life. But not all love has the same reward. Here's my point. 
if you get involved in some terrible habit, ungodly habit, it's gonna cost you. If you fall in love, I'm putting in air quotes, the sickening version of love, that really isn't love, but let's just call it that. Fell in love with a person, a thing, a habit, a lifestyle, a job that exacts from you a price, you will be made low, there will be pain and suffering, and it can cost you your whole life. The difference in that sort of love and the love that we're called to love of God is the reward. And here we're gonna turn to one of the most beautiful passages in the Gospel of John. You want a Valentine from God? There is a beautiful gift that comes from being obedient and believing in Jesus, loving like Jesus, humbling yourself for others, enduring pain and suffering, willing to lay down your life. Let's turn to John 14. I'm trying to decide if I want to read it from here, if I want to read it. Actually, you want to put it up there? Maybe I'll just read it from that version. Or I'll read it from here. That's fine. Are you ready? Oh, she has it. I'm going to read it and you can look up there too. This is from John 14. We'll start in 15. If you love me, keep my... We've heard that, haven't we already? Okay. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him and he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Let's just keep reading this. It's just too good. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. All love is going to humble you. All love is going to bring about pain and suffering. All love may cost you your life, but only the love of Christ provides the reward of who? The Spirit, God himself. No habit, no person, no job, no anything else, no matter how much it may make you low, no matter how much it may bring about pain and suffering, no matter what it may be, it's not going to give you that. Do you love God? I hope you do. I hope you're willing to love God by obeying Christ, by loving as he commanded, to love others as he loved. Do you love as he loved? Are you willing to humble yourself? Are you willing to to take on that pain and suffering for others? Are you willing to give your life for others? If so, the promise is that the Father will love you. The Father will send his spirit to you. You and I will never be alone, ever. Does it get better than that? Nothing else that we love is gonna give us that reward. Nothing, nothing. So the Christian life is never easy. Anybody that tells you that is lying to you. In fact, they are bringing Satan's message to you. It is not easy. It is hard. 
it is hard. It's like, man, why would we ever do it? What's the reward? Think about other words of Christ. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? What is it? What is there? Listen, we do a lot for our kids, right? And the cost seems appropriate because we see in them just a, 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 a reason for the pain, the suffering to lay down our life. We, we just love them so much. God loves us that much and more, so much more and wants to do something for us that we can't even provide for our kids. Listen, what, what is the main thing we want to do for our kids? We want to provide safety. We want to give them opportunities so that somehow that they can live safe and productive lives. But you and I can't guarantee that, can we? We do our best, but we have a guarantee from God that if we love, if we believe in Jesus and we love as Jesus loves, that the spirit will be given to us and we will never be alone. We are not orphans. Go back to the prologue. We are accepted. We are adopted in. And then now, to extend the illustration, our parent, our godly parent, can ensure our safety and production uh, and, and prosperity and all the goodness for eternity. Yeah, the Christian, the Christian life is hard, but that's a temporary difficulty. Compared to eternity, our difficulty is quick. And as our pastor has said, if you believe in Jesus, this is the worst it'll ever be for you. And if you don't believe in Jesus, this is the best it'll ever be. That's a, that's a sobering thought, isn't it? For those that don't believe. But for us that do, man, it means that the cost, it's really not that expensive, is it? I can humble myself. I can endure pain and suffering. I can even lay down my life because I've been given the spirit of God, a seal of a life with God forever. A guarantee. Amen? So on this Valentine's Day, yeah, man, let's celebrate love. And listen, for those of you that are married, you need to be romantic. Absolutely. You need to be romantic a lot. And you can use romance as a euphemism for whatever that means to you, but you need to be romantic a lot. Married folk, you do. Single folk, no. No, no romance. No romance. If you want to know why, we can talk about that later. Romance is a thief of joy for you. Okay? But on this Valentine's Day, let's talk about real love because real love is about cost. And like I said, all love costs, but only one type of love gives a reward, an eternal reward. So do you love God? If so, you're obedient to Christ and you'll love as he loved. You'll be obedient in his call to love others as he has loved us. How did he love? He humbled himself. He endured pain and suffering. He laid down his life but the reward is worth it. Amen? All right, we're gonna have a time. I think we have one more song or two more songs. We have one more song. During that time, I invite you to connect with God. We use prayer. That's just you having a conversation with God. Out loud or in your head, he hears both. If you need to come up here and talk to Pastor Daryl or myself or another member of our congregation, you do that. You do whatever you gotta do, but there may be somebody in this room, you don't know God, you don't understand this conversation we just had. So step one for you is to believe. When in the gospel of John, somebody asked, you know, what should we do? What's the work of God? 
Jesus said, well, the work of God is to believe in the one he sent. You need to believe in me. That's step one. And then you can receive this love. You need to believe in Jesus that he loves you so much and then your life can begin to change. And then you can start loving as he's loved you. And if you need to know more about that or if you need somebody to pray with, come and talk to Daryl. Come and talk to me or again, somebody you trust in this congregation. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity of presenting your word. I pray that it was um, encouraging. It was uplifting. I pray that uh, we take the challenge, not my challenge, but the challenge of this word seriously. And I pray that um, we will be known by our love, that we will be known as your disciples by how we treat each other, by how we treat a lost world, that we're willing to humble ourselves. We're willing to endure pain, suffering. We're willing to lay down our life daily for those that are lovely and those that are not. And help us hold on to that reward that you have given us your spirit to guide us so that we are never alone ever, 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 that we will always be with our God forever. We are so thankful for that gift. Let that gift be our Valentine that we hold on to. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you would like to give us feedback, uh, you can go to our website, lifewellchurch.com, and you will find uh, on the main page, there's a feedback tab, and you can click that. You can fill out that form. Uh, You can give us feedback. You can ask for prayer requests, all sorts of things like that. I hope that you are able to do this. We have a text service uh, that I use to send out information on our church throughout the week. And uh, basically, all you need to do is text the word LIFEWELL, from your phone to 94000. And if you do that, it'll drop you into that news text list and you'll get a couple of those texts uh, from us every week.